Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome in, everybody, to the Pro Football Show for this Wednesday, February 26th. I had to struggle a little bit to remember the day. Um, We're taping this show on Tuesday evening from the Combine, and it's a good time to remind you that as we tape this show pretty much early evening um, every day, you want to make sure because there is that gap between the time we tape the show and the time that uh, it drops for you early the next morning that there is some news that inevitably comes out, uh, things that uncover through the process as a work late into the evening. So that's why you want to become a member of LandryFootball.com. Check LandryFootball.com out. Follow me on Twitter at LandryFootball for all the latest information as, again, news is fluid and does continue to work in a 24-hour cycle. So keep that in mind. As you know by now, we're dropping this podcast every day. Pro football, college football, we've got two podcasts a day. We hope you enjoy it. Obviously, we take a look at the world of national college football um, at the beginning of every college football show and then kind of focus on a on a conference recap in the second part of the show. Uh, and the pro football show, obviously, we're talking about everything in the world of the NFL. And a lot that's going on now, and this is all brought to you by our great friends at 401k Generation, which are – the licensed in all 50 states finance professionals that are there to help all of your needs for you, your employees, your individual, whatever your needs are. They're a good uh, resource to tap into, to get a second opinion, to get a first opinion, to just get a financial checkup. Call or text today at one 998 5879 Tell them that we sent you. They'll take good care of you. And to sign up for this podcast as well as our college podcast, go to Landry Football's conference call. That's where you can find all the podcasts. You'll get all the latest around the league. And um, if you got a question, go ahead and go to <clears throat> LandryFootball.com. Hit contact Chris like Chris and Justin and Michael have uh, done today. We're going to get to their questions. Um 
So um, it's it's a it's a great way to get in touch with us and uh, get your questions answered right here. A reminder too that if you've got a business you'd like to promote, you can contact us at LandryFootball.com. Again, contact Chris and I'll get TJ to get in touch with you. But take advantage of the scouting season sale over at LandryFootball.com. That's where you're going to get all the detailed inside information around the pro uh, and college game that's a little bit more detailed than we're able to get to right here. So one of the things that we're heavily involved with, in addition to obviously helping out and doing the uh, scouting consulting work, is being a part of some committees and some advisory boards. The latest that's come out, and we're going to see how this plays its way out, but working with the competition committee, it's become pretty obvious that NFL teams are strongly against keeping the pass interference reviewable call, which was put in place last year as a response to the ending of the Rams-Saints game the previous year. Well, as you know, what happened this year, even though it was put in, it never seemed to be overturned. It it seemed like the officials, pardon me, said, all right, look, you want it, that's fine. We're not going to overturn it. We're going to support whatever the call is on the field regardless how egregious it is. And we saw plenty of what we thought should have been overturned calls not get overturned. So because of that, it looks like it's not going to pass. Why have it if you're not going to do it right? Now, in the coaches around the league want it to be reviewed. But they want it to be reviewed correctly, not the way it was done last year. So this is part of the politics that gets a little bit frustrating for guys like me when you got and, – and, boy, it's it's time for everybody, if you're watching political debates or whatever, it's frustrating because, okay, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll put it in review. Then we just won't overturn anything. We'll show you. You know, it, it's just one of the frustrating things. That there's one, one of the positive things about what I'm noticing in the XFL – is the transparency of being able to have everything under review. And I do believe that that's the future. I'm not going to get on that soapbox again, but I think that more and more we're going to have to embrace the technology and the help that it brings, and it will make for quicker decisions and more accurate decisions. But this, it looks like it's going to be one and done. Now, you know, I'm sure there's going to be further discussions. I mean, what are we going to do? Go back? To where we're going to have another call like the Saints Rams that's going to cost somebody, and now next year we're not going to be able to overturn that at all. You won't even have that option. I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things that we need to really get our handle around. And again, there's so much politics that nobody wants to. Uh, everybody's got their own agenda, and I'm I'm not really liking it from an officiating end. And I think there's a lot of frustration with how it was interpreted. I do think making this reviewable was the right thing. I think more things should be reviewed, but reviewed better, reviewed in a more systematic fashion, I think is what needs to get done. So off to the news of the day that what we're hearing, um, it looks like the Browns, I'm just going to rattle off different things and just some 
some uh, notes I've made in my notebook and just talking with people around the league. It looks like the Browns are going to exercise the tight end David Najuko's fifth-year option. Uh, we're going to see how this plays out. It's a guess at this point. Um, but I think they're going to do it. There's really not a trade possibility to this point, but that's also uh, an outside uh, chance of that happening. Um, the Jags are well aware that um, uh, Yannick Nindakwe is going to be very, very costly. They're likely going to put the tag. I think sometimes when you do that, you put the – here's the thing that when you announce that, or at least you say that, what you're doing is telling the player right there, we're willing to put the tag on you, which is $19.3 million. Okay. That is an indication of what you're willing to pay the guy on an APR, uh, a, you know, uh, average um, percentage a year. He's seeking about $22 million, maybe slightly north of that. The tag number is usually the bargaining chip for where you are starting and where you're willing to pay as an organization. So if it's less than what he's seeking, it makes some sense. And certainly keeping him for another year makes some sense. Um, signing him to a long-term deal would lock him up, would certainly um, create um, more leverage into prorating the contract. But, you know, that comes with some risk as well. He's a really good pass rusher. He's got a lot of ability, and we'll see if they can make uh, progress on a long-term deal before. the. Remember that the start of the transition uh, and the franchise tags are later this week, on Thursday, actually. You don't have to have it by then. In fact, it's been extended. So it's the start. I don't know that we're going to see a lot of people put the tag on them Thursday or Friday, probably more towards the deadline, which is next week. The Rams have no timeline for an extension for Jalen Ramsey. We know that when they made that move, they are clearly in a position to sign the 25-year-old. I mean, imagine uh, they're nowhere close to an agreement right now, by the way, but there's really no way after what they paid to get him if they were to turn around. They gave up a pair of first-rounders and a fourth. And, you know, so all the leverage to the player. I, I have been unimpressed with what the Rams have done. They kind of caught lightning in a bottle, but front office-wise, you see the youth inexperience um, of a less need that's really in over his head as a general manager. Look, they've had success on the field. They're really good coaching, but they've not done a very good job of understanding their roster and building it the correct way, quick fixes, it's not worked very well. They're living in la-la land, and they're uh, running this organization like it's a la-la land uh, effect and not really sound football practices. The Seahawks want to re-sign Jerron Reed. They definitely want him back. Great guy, good locker room guy, like him a lot. Um, he had a six-game domestic violence ban, uh, mediocre for the remainder of 2019. He's 28 years old, or going to be 28 this season. So um, 
I think they feel like they can get them done without having to use a tag. They also, believe it or not, would like to bring Jacob Hollister back, the restricted free agent tight end. They got Will Disley on the contract. <clears throat> you know, uh, you got Greg Olson that they just gave $5.5 million guaranteed, but they like this young man and they'd like to bring him back. <clears throat> the Jags um, are exploring all options with A.J. Boye. Um, probably pay cut is what's in the offer. If he feels he's got good football left. He's 29. Had a rough 2019 campaign. Check out the grades from this past year. Do $13 million. So cutting him would create $11.4 million in cap space. But we're going to see some adjustment to his deal. Uh, the Cardinals, Steve Kime, still is very uh, high on bringing David Johnson back, a guy they value a lot. They like Kenyon Drake, of course. They recognize having both. They like Chase Edmonds to some degree. Uh, but they like David Johnson. They'd like to re-sign Drake. Um, we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. And uh, something's going to have to give there. Um, they might not be able to sign Drake and Johnson when you consider the asking price of those. Back to the Jags. Talk about A.J. Boye. But Marcel Darius was let go. He is one of those guys they'd like to bring back at a lower price. They're going to obviously decline an option that would have guaranteed him nearly $20 million for 2020. He's coming off a injury-riddled season in 19. But he's going to run-stopping um, force. And they're going to let the market dictate and see if they can't bring him back at a lower price. The Panthers have declined Jarius Wright's. $1.9 million 2020 option, making him a free agent. He's now on the other side of 30, um, but he's kind of a glue guy, number three receiver, <clears throat> good lines. And, you know, it's looking more and more, and we'll get to this in the second, that they are encouraged by Cam Newton. I would uh, and have said that I don't see Cam Newton being with the Panthers this year. It's looking more and more like he might be. Um, they're likely going to tag Justin Simmons, the safety, in Denver. He expects to be tagged. Um, they're going to try to get a long-term deal done there as well. Uh, and Dominican Sue would like to return to Tampa. We haven't heard a whole lot from him. Um, durability, 33 last month. So we've got some issues there. Um, the Chargers definitely would like to keep Hunter Henry at all costs, including using the franchise tag. It would be He'd be due roughly $11 million under the tag He's got the injury issues up and down 19. Uh, he'd be a good commodity in the open market. So we'll see how this plays out. Um, the Chiefs are definitely not going to bring Sammy Watkins back at the $13.75 million salary. We're going to see where they are. Obviously, they've got some high-priced receivers that are greater value. Um Cutting them is a possibility. Getting them to restructure is a possibility. Letting them to hit the open market. All of those things are in play. Um, the Jets are hopeful that Quincy Anawa will play again. Um, will you know they obviously um, he had spinal stenosis, but the prognosis is that they feel like he can get back. So we wish him. Well, there. The Broncos will exercise Todd Davis's option for 2020. The inside backers do a $5 million salary. He's also collecting a $500,000 option. 
Um, they're gonna they're gonna add a young inside backer at some point, I would think. The Broncos are not gonna pick up Ronald Leary's eight point one five million dollar option uh, for twenty twenty, making him a free agent. He's just side of his thirty one thirty first birthday. He's been very mediocre since coming over from the, the Cowboys. Uh, they have made it known. The Broncos have that Drew Locke's going to be the starting quarterback. They barely are talking about Joe Flacco in his neck and being healthy. Um, Flacco's come out and said he has no interest in mentoring Locke, so we'll see if Flacco's probably headed towards being released or traded, which would put another guy, at least some experience, on the market. Um, the Jets are unsure at this point, I'm told, whether Le'Veon Bell is going to participate in the offseason program. Um you know, the relationship seems unique over there, but we'll see how this plays out. Uh, the Browns are going to tender restricted free agent Kareem Hunt. Uh, we don't know at what level they're going to tender him, but they definitely want to tender him. The Lions anticipate that Matthew Stafford's going to be a full goal in the OTAs starting in April. 32-year-old, still got a lot of good football left. He thrived in the first year under Darryl Bevel. Um, so they think they can – they need some breaks health-wise. They need a good offseason. But that's a team, obviously, in the division where Minnesota's got a lot of talent. The Bears are looking for different pieces here there. The the Packers, of course, have Aaron Rodgers and have a good team. Um Making some headway is what the Lions need to do this year or the frustration will continue to grow bigger and bigger. Uh, Back to the Chiefs, uh, re-signing Chris Jones is a priority. They used the tag if they had to. Um, He would be due $15.5 million under the tag. He's going to be 26 in July. He's one of the best players in football. They've committed huge money to Frank Clark, but – they need to get this deal done. He is a can't-miss, got-to-keep, got-to-sign type of guy. Um, the Bucks are really excited in what O.J. Howard can do in their offense. Um, you know, it's, it's it, the playmaking ability that he can bring is something they'll look at. I, I'm also told that, look, the, the options at quarterback to them look like they're not going to be real options. So I think signing Winston is more and more of a probability because, you know, Ryan Tannehill's not going to be available. I mean, I don't know that they look at Phillip Rivers as a really good option and what they'd have to pay him. Uh, and we said on LandryFootball.com, trying to get Jameis Winston on a potential two-year deal, which is basically one year with a – a team option for the second year is the direction they'd like to go. We'll see if that plays out. Um, as we've stated several times on LandryFootball.com in our notebook, Stefan Diggs is not going anywhere from the Vikings. Don't anticipate that. Dave Gettleman tells me that they're definitely looking at the number four pick and moving down. They feel there'll be interest in it because of the quarterbacks. And if you look at the top of the draft, while it's certainly got some talent, um, you're not going to get Chase Young there. And I think that what you're going to see 
is value that you can had have from a little lower spot. So the Derek Browns and Javon Kinlaw type of guys, the offensive linemen, not great value at that spot. So I do think that there would be definite value at going down in this draft. So keep that in mind as we get further into the draft management phase. Um, the Titans say they're absolutely going to do everything they can to keep Derrick Henry. They recognize his importance. They're certainly going to be working off the Zeke Elliott deal. The Colts want to sign Anthony Costanzo, particularly since he's come out and said he wants to continue to play. The negotiations are ongoing. He's 32 years old, can still play. Um, the Raiders are looking at all options at quarterback. There again, can you find a better option than Derek Carr? Well, will, can they or can't they? I don't know that they're going to find a better option than Derek Carr, somebody that's available. Um, so, I, you know, we'll see how that develops. The Bucks, same thing with Jameis Winston. Um, will they put the tag on Jameis? I, I, you know, I think, again, it depends upon what the options are. I, they need to get Shaq Barrett done. That's a focus. So they want to get him done. And I think if they can't get a two-year deal done with Jameis, then the tag is always a possibility. Um, Austin Hooper. Uh, the tight end, fine tight end of the Falcons is going to hit the market, let the market establish his value, and likely going to move on. We're going to see if um, how things develop there, but it looks like the market's going to dictate. Maybe even price the Falcons out of it, we'll see. Um, I think it's going to leave the, their cap situation. is going to leave them on the outs of their contract deal. Uh, Tua? Tungvaloa is going to get cleared from his doctors on March 9th, I'm told. Uh, He's rehabbing and training. Uh, Alabama's got their pro day on March 24th. He's going to have his own day on April 9th, um, and we'll see what he can do then. Um, The Bears are talking like they want David Montgomery to be the team's featured back and carry a heavier load. Um, they need a complimentary guy behind him. Uh, we'll see how this plays out. Um, you know, I think that Tarek Cohen, uh, Cohen could be more of a slot guy with Taylor Gable's absence. So I think adding another back to kind of complement uh, Montgomery is, is in order there. And then, of course, they're backing Mitchell Trubisky, as you'd expect they would as he's the future, they've got to do everything they can to put the best team around Trubisky because you can't go into a situation where you're unsure about what you have at quarterback when it's time when, when it's on the player's option year. You need to have done everything you can to get the best foot forward and the best out of that quarterback. And if you do it, then you can be comforted in saying you did all you can do. Uh, I know in San Francisco with a lot of changes there, one thing that they want is Dante uh, Pettis to return uh, and have a real focus to be on a mission to come back um, and be a big-time playmaker for them. Uh, the Jags are kind of in no man's land at the quarterback situation. You know, They've said there's no timetable. Well, the timetable is to see what happens. Um Nick Foles didn't play well when he was healthy. 
And then Gardner Minshew, Flash, didn't play consistently well. What are the options? They're out of the quarterback mix early. I don't see Justin Herbert falling to that level. And I don't see the option in free agency. But who knows? Again, free agency is always interesting. How would a guy like Andy Dalton fit into the mix, or would he? For a team like Jacksonville or others. Don't know. We'll see. In Seattle, Chris Carson with the hip is expected to be ready week one. Pete Carroll expects Rashad Penny with the ACL to begin begin training camp on the pup list. So we'll keep you up to date on that. Um, In Houston, Bill O'Brien expects Titus Howard, remember the second-year offensive lineman with the MCL injury, to be able to do some things but not all things in the offseason program. Um, they briefly used him at guard, and I think, you know, then moved him out to right tackle. By the way, Bill O'Brien announced he's not going to be calling plays. Um, Tim Kelly, who's been recently promoted from tight ends coach, is going to be calling the plays, named offense coordinator early in the month. So, um, in the New York, again, Joe Douglas says he wants – Jamal committed to keeping Jamal Adams for life. We'll see how that, you know, plays out. Um, in Carolina, I mentioned this earlier, getting the opinion more now that uh, at least they're putting the signals out that they're excited about Cam Newton. Now, there's a couple of theories here. Excited to work with Cam Newton. Man, he's done a good job. He's been a leader in this and that. And, um, He's going to ramp up football activity in March. And, man, I'm excited to work with him. There are a couple of things here. They truly are interested or they're selling goods, meaning they really like him. You don't want to come out and say anything other than that's positive because you'd like to create value for him and maybe get one of these quarterback-starved teams that are not going to be able to solve it while in free agency or in the draft to maybe get a little something for him in return. I do believe that Carolina would like to start fresh with a better passing quarterback. Uh, but Cam Newton is a veteran, and they'd like to be able to sell him as a viable trade option. Uh, in Kansas City, Juan Thornhill, the free safety, coming off the ACL is expected to be ready for week one. It looks like um, – Better shape than than expected, so that's good. Um, as I mentioned in Denver, they're not really even talking. Joe Flacco, expect him for anybody interested, and I'm not sure how much interest uh, he'll be out there in the market. And Jarrett McKinnon is likely going to be uh, asked to take a pay cut in San Francisco. Uh, he's currently due $6.5 million. He hasn't done much there, so we'll see. An outright release would free up $4.5 million. Um, good news also, Andy Reid says that Patrick Mahomes is not going to have to have surgery on his kneecap. It looks real good. I could, you know, um, the, the surgery was always considered a possibility, even though he was able to play through it in the playoffs. Um, but we'll see. We'll see, you know, obviously at this point, they don't feel the need for it. Look, if you're going to have that type of surgery, you'd hope that they'd, they'd get it done as soon as possible uh, So to maximize healing process. It appears that he wouldn't be out 
much at all or miss much of anything if he did have to go under the knife. Marquise Brown for the Ravens has had offseason surgery to remove a screw from his foot. It eliminates any complications he may experience with the foot moving forward, but it does make him limited or questionable at least for the offseason program. Um, he wasn't 100% mostly really all the last year. Uh, he's got a lot of ability, uh, big-time ability. Uh, the the update on Trent Williams and the Redskins is that Ron Rivera had positive conversations with the left tackle, 31-year-old, currently set to make $14.75 million in the final year of his contract. We'll see how this plays out. Um, but he's definitely much better chance of him being around there than before. <clears throat> Some more draft news. Lots been talked about with Joe Burrow, and he said come out, a couple of things. One, his hand size. Folks, one of the annoying things about the combine is that people that are the talking heads that are talking about it and writing about it don't know their head from the rear end about why we do certain things at the combine. They create these narratives of hot takes and, you know, clickbait stuff. We measure a lot of things, and we do a lot of drills. We create a lot of tangible aspects to evaluating players, and there are reasons for that. It gives us good indicators of what players can do and their potential. The film tells you what a guy can do relative to where he's done it on the college level. The tangible factors doesn't determine whether a guy can or can't make it, but just where potential issues are. So, for example, hand size. Nine-inch hands are not a real problem. If you get into maybe eight and a half, you got some issues. Nine is less than optimal. What does that mean? What it means is potentially in cold weather, when your hands shrink a little, as they expand in warmer weather, it could be an issue uh, holding on to the ball in the pocket with guys, traffic, things that not been an issue in college. But it hasn't been an issue because the, of the circumstances around the team or the lesser team at the pro level, it could be more of an issue. Do I see it as a big issue? I do not. Do I see it as anything that's going to prevent him from getting taken number one? I certainly wouldn't. But understand that that's one area. The other thing is, if you watch him throw the football, he can throw it with enough velocity, but he doesn't have great velocity. Big hands gives you greater ability to create more velocity on the football throwing it, and it does allow the quarterback to hold on the ball a little bit better in traffic. Um, but it does not eliminate a guy. What it means is maybe in colder weather, maybe using a glove, maybe on the alternate hand, or, you know, um, it, it's not something that's going to be a huge factor. This is one of the things that, again, gets misunderstood. There are metrics that you'd like to meet. If you are below a metric, it may send up a little flag, but the flag doesn't 
eliminate the player or make the player significantly less valuable because of it. It just means you have to – there are things that you have to do to overcome that. Drew Brees is high to always say. He could do things that can mitigate the lack of height, such as getting deeper into his drops quicker. It doesn't mean because you don't run a certain speed or you know meet certain metrics – that you can't do it. It just means that in that area, in that metric, you're not quite ideal, and you're going to have to overcome it in another way. Uh, in terms of his discussions about leverage against Cincinnati and he'll play for anybody, it's become a little bit more of um, a little bit dancing around. He's kind of turned it into you know being humble and doesn't want to be presumptive and all those things. I don't think he's done anything wrong, but I I do sense that ideally he has concerns about the Bengals organization. Let's remember something. The guy that's training him is Jordan Palmer, who, along with his brother Carson Palmer, played for the Bengals. So they know firsthand how the Bengals organization operates. Now, Joe's not going to sit out. He's going to play for the Bengals. They're going to take him. Um, do I think he um, would prefer maybe to go somewhere else like um, Carolina? Yeah, I'm sure he would. It's not going to happen. So I think it's a little bit of much to do about nothing, and he gets caught. Remember these guys that are in the college game, they get coddled in the media. You know, you're not – no one in the in the small-town college media environment is going to question them. You get in the pro media, you're going to get a lot of that. Um, some thoughts about AFC North. Some teams that I think will be focusing on some certain guys. Um, a guy like Patrick Queen would be a really good value player for a team like Baltimore that's using – to add a solid addition, versatile addition to the front seven. Of course, the Bengals are going to have to do their due diligence with Joe Burrow. We know that. For Cleveland, how about a guy like Jedrick Wills of Alabama? Um, he's got a lot of ability, a little bit of Jason Peters in him. Um, there's some upside. Um, he's really an interesting talent there. Um a lot of work. The Steelers, somebody like K.J. Hamler makes some sense, a playmaker. Um, uh, the Bears, a guy like Cole Komet of Notre Dame, a tight end, uh, Bryson Hopkins as well, guys that might have some interest. How about the Lions? They need help to improve their pass rush. How about a guy like a Derek Brown, and would he might be able to, to help improve that Detroit's 21st-ranked run defense and get some push? Uh, for Green Bay, maybe a guy like Roquan Davis of Alabama. Run defense needs a lot of help there. Uh, for Minnesota, offensive line needs to improve. How about somebody like Austin Jackson at USC? So those are type of things, um, of players that I think might be interesting focus points for AFC North and NFC North teams. Real quickly, uh, Chris asks, what are your draft grades on the three Carolina prospects? I watch film on tackle Cameron Clark. He's a late-run guy. 
Uh, I think all three are really good. We're going to display it on the draft board, Chris, so make sure that you check that out on LandryFootball.com. Uh, when I put the draft boards up, you're going to see exactly where they rank as well as a scouting report with them. But there's some intriguing players that we've been following and studying all year long. Um, Justin asks about what do college prospects talk about with teams during the interview process, and do you think the interview will hurt a prospect at times? Well, of course it can. I, I think it's a, you're asking about their background, you're asking about their families, you're asking them about football, you ask them about their responsibilities and role uh, on their team. Uh, you're putting film on and asking them to explain what they're doing here and why they made this mistake there. You learn an awful lot. You can only learn so much in 15, 20 minutes, but when you have more times, um, longer times, you can you can get more out of it. 15 minutes at 20 minutes at the Combine, you're a little bit limited. But absolutely, uh, my interview with Lawrence Phillips completely eliminated him from my draft board. And, and so I think that there are a lot of things you uncover through the psychological testing and interview that are that are key. Um, Michael asks about, um, with it being at combine time, in your opinion, which position have the most difficult transition from college to the pros? Um, well, I think the, the, um, the quarterback position is the toughest to learn. I think certainly uh, on the offensive line is a challenge in the interior of the offensive line. Um, I think those are really pivotal. I think that certainly uh, physically the workout numbers for defensive backs tell you an awful lot. And certainly from a physical standpoint, that can be really challenging. So those are those are three thoughts that I would have there. Mike also has uh, said that your view on – uh, PFF types is information gathered. Is there someone, in your opinion, who puts out reliable position rankings? Um, honestly, no. I, 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 a, I don't know, Michael, because I don't really pay attention to the amateur evaluators. If you haven't really scouted at this level, you don't really know. And I think what you have is a lot of what I call fantasy football draft guys that just gather information. They're not qualified evaluators. So their opinions don't really carry any weight in football, and I don't really pay any attention. Pay any attention. So there may be people that are in, interesting um, that other people may like, but I couldn't tell you because I don't pay any attention to them. Truth be known, there's maybe I can fit on two hands people in the NFL whose opinion I trust. So that if if I'm talking to somebody. Uh, and I'm gathering certain pieces of information. There, it has to be one of those 10, let's call it, dozen people because there are a lot of people in the league that are not opinions that I respect. Their acumen or lack thereof are not opinions that ones that I respect. And certainly the people that are not working in football, I, I don't really pay attention to that, even if it's somebody that's maybe done it uh, and there are a few guys that have been around scouting that uh, no longer scouting because they weren't very good at it, or some guys that retired. Um, take a guy like a Bill Polian that's in the Hall of Fame. Um, Bill doesn't do the work anymore, so it doesn't really matter that he's a Hall of Famer. If he's not doing the work, he doesn't really know. So I don't really pay attention, and um, 
probably spend more time talking with Bill answering questions. So it, it it's, to me, highly credentialed individuals that have done it and have had success will be one, only ones that really matter, and I really don't uh, – are not a good one to ask. Um, but I'm sure there are people that are entertaining, uh, but are there – uh, qualified evaluators always say, what are their evaluations? What have they done? How many rosters in the league have they built? How much success did they had in the league? And I, listen, I'm just old school. I'm not real smart. I, I, I can spot a, B, spot a BSer from a mile away. Um, I think that a lot of these guys have got a lot of people fooled in this fantasy football world. Um, I think people get fooled pretty easily. But always ask, what are the credentials of the person providing the information on any topic anywhere. And if they haven't done it, well, then why would you really put any stock in their information? At least that's how I see it. Anyway, hey, appreciate you joining us. Remember to join us again tomorrow for another edition of the Pro Football Shows. We're going five days a week now. We've got uh, all the latest um, in the NFL at the Combine, so we'll be breaking down all the latest there. We'll take a look at some guys that maybe for the uh, AFC and NFC South teams um, tomorrow that might be intriguing focal points. Uh, and uh, join us on our college show. It'll be Big 12 football and beyond where we'll break down all the latest in the world of college football nationally and get into, in the second phase of the show, a lot of the minutia of the Big 12. Uh, check out our great friends at 401k Generation by sending them a text or a call at one 998 5879. They're licensed in all 50 states. So give them a call there and sign up for Landry Football's conference call. Um, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, sign up for Landry Football's conference call. You get the pro show, you get the college show delivered right to your phone. You got a, uh, something, a business uh, that, or, that you'd like to brand and promote? We can definitely help you with that. Uh, go ahead and drop us a line over at uh, LandryFootball.com. Contact Chris. I'll get TJ in touch with you. Got a question that you want me to address on football here on a future podcast, send it to me as well. We'll address it. Again, hit contact Chris. We appreciate you joining us. Join us again tomorrow for another edition of the Pro Football Show. And check out our college show. Check out LandryFootball.com for all the latest information. And remember, check through the night. Check early in the morning before this podcast drops. There's some news that always breaks on Twitter, on LandryFootball.com, and our notebooks. Appreciate you joining us. Talk to you tomorrow, everybody. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.